welcome to Monologues by Hassie, where I'm going to be dropping unsolicited brain dumps from the depths of my grey matter. I'll talk about life, money, society, and self-development, plus whatever else lies up there, whilst hopefully not getting cancelled in the process. Explicit rejection is a vital component to success. It was a few weeks ago, I'd just gotten rejected from a program that I really wanted to get to. It's been a goal of mine to gain some uh, corporate board experience, and I wanted to start in the not-for-profit world, which is where a lot of people with corporate board experience, that's where they start. So I applied to, I guess, a very competitive program, and I didn't make it in. So I'm not too cut about that. But on that same night, I was meeting up with a group of friends, and we went clubbing, which isn't something I do very frequently anymore. But as somebody who hasn't had a drink in a very long time, um, when you're in an environment like that, you observe everything around you. And one of the similarities between me getting rejected from this kind of corporate board observership program and being in a nightclub is that in that entire day, I was able to observe rejection. And it really got me thinking about how getting explicitly rejected is so much more helpful than being implicitly rejected with a few caveats, with an asterisk. But when I speak to a lot of people, a lot of people sometimes ask me to, you know, they like to bounce ideas off me and use me as an accountability partner. People are generally very keen to have me be that person. But I think the biggest mistake that I have made in the past and that I see a lot of people making today is that if we look at success in a very crude way, the number of successes we have can be represented as the probability of success, you know, a number from zero to one or a percentage from zero to hundred. What's our probability of success multiplied by the number of times we attempt that particular activity. And that's what leads to the number of successful events we have. I remember when I was applying for jobs, like when I was um, back, back studying an engineering student and I was trying to get my first internship, not, you know, previously, you know, and I didn't have any, I guess, professional engineering work experience. And I was trying to get that for the first time. I put a lot of pressure under myself and I knew that my probability of success was very low. So what did I do? I applied to as many places as I possibly could. I think in one term, I probably applied to like 50, more than 50 roles. And out of those more than 50 roles I applied to, I probably got, you know, a handful of interviews and I ended up with two and a half offers. The reason it's two and a half is there's one that I didn't really accept. And it's very interesting because if I look, if I look at an environment like a nightclub, there's kind of two types of rejection you will witness in a nightclub. You'll see people who get explicitly rejected where they will approach somebody and they will be turned down, right? And then you see the second type of rejection where somebody is too afraid to go and approach somebody and therefore they have been implicitly rejected in their own minds, right? There's kind of very little feedback. They can go home and feel good that nothing happened because they never got the pain of that um, of being rejected, right, by 
the person you're after. It doesn't matter whether they're the same gender or the opposite gender, right? Um, I think in a nightclub sense, that form of rejection is potentially more painful um, because it says something about your genetic fitness, right? But the same thing applies in our careers. And there are very, there are many parallels, I think, in the world of self-development where people start trying to self-develop and they make this huge mistake. And the mistake is people focus more on increasing their probability of success rather than trying. So it's very easy to pick up a self-help book, right? It's easy to consume YouTube videos. There's all these great YouTubers out there these days. You know, Hamza, Captain Simbad, Ali Abdal, if you're into productivity. I mean, I'm not gonna go and name YouTubers, but there's so many people out there who have advice on how to increase your probability of success in a particular domain. And it's very easy for us to consume that. It's very easy for us to talk with our friends about that and just to purely focus on increasing your probability of a success. But the problem with that approach is that's like learning about a car through a textbook and never actually driving. You're the guy who knows how the internal combustion engine works, but you've never gone ahead and driven the car. And I definitely used to do this because I, I probably really got into kind of the self-help book reading when I was about 21 or 22 years old. And none of that really paid dividends until very recently, where I started being less passive in my life and more active. And I think this is where explicit rejection becomes very important. Let's look at that board observership program I got rejected from. It's something I wanted, but rather than saying I could have come, come to it with the approach that, well, I'm, I'm currently a software engineer. Software engineers aren't people who are typically, who typically become board observers who, or end up on corporate boards. And therefore, maybe I need to wait and do something else. Maybe I need to do a law diploma or a law degree or get some other corporate experience before I apply to this. I could have gone with that approach and being, being, you know, that kind of implicit rejection where I rejected myself without applying, but I chose to get rejected. Now, I don't actually view that as a failure. So my rejection for that particular program I wanted to get into isn't a failure. In fact, the moment I submitted my application, and mind you, it took me a few days to prepare it because I'd never um, written a board resume. I'd, I'd never thought about the types of questions they wanted me to answer. But the moment I submitted that application, I viewed myself as successful, purely because I went and made that step. And it's okay that that came back as a failure, because back to that success equation, what I can do is now that I've had a failure, right? Now that I've had an event that didn't work, if I am smart about it, I will use that experience to optimize my probability of success for the next time I apply to it. So I got explicitly rejected. And by being explicitly rejected, I maximized the amount of feedback I could get from that rejection. And now I'm gonna utilize that. Now, the other trap people get into is, uh, again, you'll see this a lot at nightclubs and it's quite entertaining, but you'll always see that guy who goes and approaches everyone and you know, nothing, nothing happens. Everyone rejects him. He's clumsy. He's uh, un uncalibrated. And I think that's the key word, uncalibrated. This is somebody whose probability of success is insufficiently high. 
And they're really spraying and praying. They're going for this um, absolute machine gun approach. But that particular person, whilst we must give them kudos for actually trying, probably needs to go back and optimize their probability of success for that particular domain. The same thing goes if you're applying for a job. If you're applying for a job, then when you start off, when you start off in your career, right? Now, a lot of, I see a lot of students fall into this trap, but they think, oh, my resume is not good enough. I need to work on my resume. So they procrastinate on working on a resume and the application deadline goes by. And where they could have applied for a hundred job applications, they only end up applying for 10. And this is somebody who's trying to optimize the probability of success, right? And they're not trying. But then you have the counter counterpoint to this. You have somebody who applies 200 times, they've got the same application, they make errors all over the place. Uh, you know, they call recruiters and hiring managers the wrong names and it's just a very careless approach. And when they fail, they don't actually incorporate the learnings of those failures back into their probability of success. They, they don't use their failures as lessons to guide their future success. So if you have the option today of experiencing rejection A, go and experience that. Make that your success, right? Go and try whatever it is that you want to try that you've been hesitating trying. Go and do it. And if you do fail, right? If you do actively try and as a result get explicitly rejected, incorporate what you learnt and improve your probability of success. But again, even if you're listening to me and you feel motivated, that's all horseshit. Don't get stuck in mental masturbation, right? Go home, go, go do whatever you're doing and try, try whatever it is. Apply for that job, ask that person out, right? Apply for that program, do that painting, right? Put your work up there on Instagram, right? Get out there, get exposure. You want to be explicitly rejected as much as possible. In fact, if you look at the most successful people in the world, if I look at some of the people I work with who are at the top of their game, right? They are successful, not because they've had more successes, but they've disproportionately experienced more rejections and more failures than people who are getting passively rejected, right? They're getting actively rejected at a faster rate. They are simply failing faster, but they're also smart enough to incorporate the lessons from those explicit rejections and improve their probability of success. You've just made it through another episode of Monologues by Hassi. It brings me great pleasure to know that you made it to the end. To listen to more episodes, subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit monologuesbyhassi.com. Thanks for swinging by.